Welcome to Journey Elgin of Elgin, Texas, where we are living life in Christ, impacting his kingdom. Our service times are Sunday at 9 a.m., followed by a second service at 1045 a.m. Today's message is Finding Peace. Here's Pastor Philip Thomas. Every year and, and it, we, we try to enter into and talk a little bit about the, the lead up to Christmas, which is the season of Advent. And Advent is one of those big words, you know, that, that kind of is a churchy word, right? And, and some people have good, good memories of Advent. Some have kind of, well, why are we even doing this memories of Advent? Like, what does it even mean? Uh, Advent is simply just a, it's, it's a preparing. It's preparing for the coming uh, of, of the Savior. And, uh, and of course, there's four basic themes to, to Advent. It's love, hope, peace, and joy. Um, I think those can probably be the themes all throughout the year, and, and they are. They're all throughout uh, Scripture. Uh, but for sure, during Advent, um, we see that as, as a focus. And, uh, and so each Sunday during Advent, uh, we're just going to have a, an Advent video that highlights um, one of those uh, aspects. And uh, so we'll, we'll do it kind of after the, the offering. And so this is just a time, again, for you. You can just, just watch the video. It has words to it. It's, they're just designed to get you to think and to think about um, this, this time of year and what it means. And so let's take a, just a moment and uh, let's watch our first Advent video. Peace. Peace that is found uh, only in Christ. It's a peace that, uh, that we can experience in the, the midst of the craziness of life and the craziness of the world. Um, today we're going to, to look at a, a character in the Bible that we probably don't talk a whole lot about when it comes to the Christmas story, but uh, we're, we're going to talk about a guy named Zachariah, so we're going to be in Luke chapter 1. And um, one of the things that I like to do during Christmas is I like to, to read a little bit more of the scripture and just kind of let it tell the story. And, uh, and so we're, we're going to be doing that, so we're going to read uh, quite a bit today. Um, Zachariah, just as a, as a setup, he is, he's a, a priest during the day. He, he works at the temple. Um, and, uh, and you can kind of say, uh, Zachariah, he begins the Thanksgiving aspect of the holiday season, right? Thanksgiving is kind of the preparation, if you will, for Christmas. You know, we all get together at Thanksgiving, and then we know that Christmas is right around the corner. Well, Zachariah, he's the father of John the Baptist, who John the Baptist is the one that is going to be preparing the way uh, for, for the coming uh, Christ. And uh, so we're, we're going to look at, at Zechariah. We're going to talk a little bit about him. And, uh, and specifically, one of the things that he says, that, and, and this I'd really never even uh, connected with, with Zechariah, but one of the things that he says about uh, finding peace. But So we're going to be in Luke chapter 1, starting in verse 5. It says, In the time of Herod, king of Judah, there was a priest named Zechariah who belonged to the priestly division of Abijah. His wife was also a descendant of Aaron. Both of them were upright and in the sight of God, observing all the Lord's commands and regulations blamelessly. But they had no children, because Elizabeth was barren, and they were both well along in years. Once, when Zechariah's division was on duty and he was serving as priest before God, he was chosen by lot, according to the custom of the priesthood, 
to go into the temple of the Lord and burn incense. And when the time came for the burning of incense, uh, all the assembled worshipers were praying outside. Then an angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing at the right side of the altar of incense. When Zechariah saw him, he was startled and was gripped with fear. But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zechariah. Your prayer has been heard. Your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you are to give him the name John. He will be a joy and a delight to you, and many will rejoice because of his birth. For he will be great in the sight of the Lord. He is never to take wine or other fermented drink, and he will be filled with the Holy Spirit even from birth. Many of the people of Israel will he bring back to the Lord their God, and he will go on before the Lord in the spirit of power and, and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers to their children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the righteous, to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. Zechariah asked the angel, How can I be sure of this? I am an old man, and my wife is well along in years. The angel answered, I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God, and I have been sent to speak to you and to tell you this good news. And now you will be silent and not be able to speak until the day this happens, because you did not believe my words, which will come true at their proper time. Meanwhile, the people were waiting for Zechariah and wondering why he stayed so long in the temple. When he came out, he could not speak to them. They realized he had seen a vision in the temple, for he kept making signs to them, but remained unable to speak. When his time of service was completed, he returned home. After this, his wife Elizabeth became pregnant and for five months remained in seclusion. The Lord has done this for me, she said. In these days, he has sown his favor and taken away my disgrace among the people. All right, we'll stop there. We're going to pick up uh, in verse 57 here in just a few minutes. But uh, I, I love... I love this. I think we need to, to kind of put the human eyes on this, kind of put yourself in Zachariah's position here. Because, you know, a lot of times I think the main point we take away from this story is uh, this guy has this great news that he receives, and then he basically gets punished and can't speak for, for nine months. You know? <laughs> and uh, and, and it's, a, it's a really interesting thing. And uh, one of the cool things about this is, you know, I... I am one, you know, that I'm, I think we, especially in today's age, we've got to be careful with, with what we attribute to God doing and what is just life happening, right? And, and I think for the most part, it's just life happening today. Now, God is in that, but God is not manipulating things around and, and, and stuff like that. Um, but I think what you see here, this is God is intentionally doing something and bringing something together. It says, Zechariah is a priest, and the priest would only one time in their lifetime would they ever be allowed to go into the Holy of Holies and offer these uh, um, sacrifices, right? And so he is, uh, you know, by lot, you know, so his group, basically they would draw lots, and his was was drawn. Well, I I think, obviously, this is God doing something here to, to bring this together. He, he chose Zechariah and Elizabeth. Um, he chose them to, to have John, who would be the forerunner to Jesus, right? And so the, we don't know a whole lot about Zechariah. It's really interesting that his name is Zechariah. He's named after a prophet, um, which we actually just did a podcast uh, in our journey through the scriptures over Zechariah. Zechariah in the Old Testament, the book, has more messianic prophecies probably than, than any other. So it's kind of interesting that this prophet that would have been prophesying a few hundred years before this and, prophesy, and now Zechariah, a guy named after him, uh, presumably, 
um, is now uh, part of this story, of this messianic story. It's kind of neat how that's working together. But so Zechariah goes in, and I find this is really interesting. So Zechariah, he would have already been old, right? I think we can safely assume that. And, uh, and it says that they had, been, they had prayed for a child. But I'm going to say that prayer had been something they had prayed a long time ago, right? Like once you get old, you kind of quit praying for a child, right? I mean, I don't think that's a stretch, <laughs> you know, because they know how things work. And they're like, no, this... Okay, God didn't answer that prayer, which it would have been especially like today, we know that there are just certain medical conditions that can keep people from having children. And that's very sad, right? And we know and and we, we empathize with people who struggle with that. Well, back then, they actually thought that that was God. Basically, there was something wrong with them. And many people on the outside would say, man, you're nearly cursed by God that you can't have children, right? So this would have not been a healthy thing. But yet, even though they didn't have children, they were still righteous and they were still going about God's work. I think that's an important aspect to this, right? So they, they have not turned their back on God in any way. They are still serving God. But uh, Elizabeth even says, you know, this, this shame that is, a, is upon me. So they're living with that. And I'm going to say that that's, you know, that they've kind of made peace with that. Well, now Zachariah goes in and... First, an angel shows up. So you're scared to death. And and by the way, this is kind of the deal. They would go in there once a year, and it was a very, very serious thing. You know, and there are stories that they would put bells on their robes because, you know, if if they died in there, no one could get them. So that they would would tie a rope to their ankle so they could pull them out of the holy. I mean, they took this very, very serious, right? And so when Zechariah sees an angel, yeah, he's going to be scared. Right, he's scared, and then the the angel, of course, says, "Do not fear," and uh, and says, "Your prayers have been answered." Now, again, if if my assumption is correct, that may have been a prayer from years before. And Zachariah is like, "What prayer are you talking about?" Because the one that wouldn't come to mind is probably the one to have a child. Right? We're we're past that, and uh, and so the the angel says, "Well, you're going to have a child," and Zachary's like, um, I know you're an angel, and that's all great, but how is that possible, right? There's obviously some doubt here. Sometimes we look back and, you know, and we, we kind of chastise Zachariah. Oh, you shouldn't doubt. I think all of us, we may not have had the guts to verbalize it, but uh, all of us would have had doubts, right? It's okay to have doubts. That's a pretty big, bold statement. And Zachariah is a very righteous person, but he still struggled. He's like, ah, I don't know about that. And maybe at this point, he's like, I don't know if I want that anymore. That, that's my wife's prayer. You know, <laughs> he, may, he may be like, I, I don't want to raise a ch- child anymore. Right. But it's, it's kind of a natural reaction, you know. And, and so while obviously, yeah, Zachariah, he shouldn't doubt. There was no reason for him to doubt, but it's, it's completely understandable. And so he doubts. And then Gabriel, it's really not a huge, harsh punishment, but it's, it's definitely a reminder. And uh, because Zachariah, and it's funny, Zachariah asks, he says, he says, how am I going to know this is true? Well, how about this? You can't speak for nine months. Will that help? <laughs> you know, uh, well, yeah, it, it will. 
You know? So, so Zachariah, his question actually gets answered. So I don't even, I don't think this is seen as a, as a punishment at all. I think this is, God is, is working through this and it's going to make a huge difference. Because guess what happens whenever Zachariah comes out and he can't speak? He doesn't have to speak for people to know that he encountered the Lord. Right? People know something happened in there. They can see it in his face. They can tell, man, this guy was just talking to us and now he can't. Something powerful happened. Right? And, uh, and, and what a wonderful setup that would be. And it even talks about how, man, people knew, who is this kid? <laughs> what, is, what is this going to be? And so let's pick back up. So, um, what, what you have happen in between here is uh, uh, Mary is, uh, you know, just randomly, right, is the niece uh, of, of Elizabeth. No, of course not. God is working all of this together. Right, and uh, and so Elizabeth and Mary see each other, and and uh, that's whenever uh, John leaps within uh, Elizabeth's womb because she, uh, whenever they meet Mary, um, and and then we get to the birth of John the Baptist. This is in in uh, verse fifty seven. Says when it was time for Elizabeth to have her baby, she gave birth to her son. Her neighbors and relatives heard that the Lord had shown her great mercy, and they shared her joy. On the eighth day, they came to the circumcised child, and they were going to name him after his father, Zechariah. But his mother spoke up and said, No, he is to be called John. They said to her, There is no one among your relatives who has that name. Then they made signs to his father to find out what he would like to name the child. He asked for a writing tablet, and to everyone's astonishment, he wrote, His name is John. Immediately his mouth was opened and his tongue was loosed, and he began to speak, praising God. The neighbors were all filled with awe, and throughout the hill country of Judea, people were talking about all these things. Everyone who heard this wondered about it, asking, what then is this child going to be? For the Lord's hand was with him. So this is just, you know, this is one of the first reveal parties, right? So I, I don't know... I don't know if they had a, had a blue cake or, you know, or a pink cake or, you know, anything like that. But, uh, but one of the natural things uh, was in, on the eighth day is when you would give the name. And, uh, and of course, you would name the child after uh, his relative because the line, right, remember you had the 12 tribes. It was important which tribe you were in. Um, you know, I mean, names are important today, but, but they were real important then. Right? And, uh, and so whenever the, the wife, whenever Elizabeth, who again, in that culture, she, she was important, but not, not real important, let's be honest. And whenever she says, hey, this kid's going to be named John, everybody's like, what are you talking about? There is no John. Right? Why would you name your child after someone who's not even in your family? And, uh, and so they say, well, I guess let's let the mute guy you know, interject. <laughs> And so he writes down his name is John. And, how, and just can you imagine that moment? How cool of a moment that would be as he writes down the name John and as he turns that tablet around and all of a sudden he's able to speak and, and God starts speaking through him. I mean, just a, really a powerful moment. And so, so clearly Zachariah has been spending some time with God whenever he can't speak, Right. And just imagine what he is feeling. And, and, and you definitely, and, and we're going to read the, the rest of this, but his, his relationship and love for God only grew during his silence. 
right? And, and so you just have this wonderful experience, this wonderful scene, that, uh, and the people are so overwhelmed. They're like, who is this kid going to be, right? And then I, wanna, I want us to read Zachariah's song. So this is, uh, you know, kind of what he either proclaims. We don't know whether he, this is kind of what he just started talking to the, to the group right there um, or, or, what, or when it exactly happened. But he started, started prophesying, started preaching, started sharing what God had spoken to him, right? And, and this is just a really powerful uh, set of verses, starting in verse 67. His father, Zechariah, was filled with the Holy Spirit and prophesied, Praise be to the Lord, the God of Israel, because he has come and has redeemed his people. He has raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant David, as he said through his holy prophets of long ago, salvation from our enemies and from the hand of all who hate us, to show mercy to our fathers and to remember his holy covenant, the oath he swore to our father Abraham to rescue us from the hand of our enemies and to enable us to serve him without fear in holiness and righteousness before him all of our days. And you, my child, will be called a prophet of the Most High, for you will go on before the Lord to prepare the way for him, to give his people the knowledge of salvation. Through the forgiveness of their sins, because of the tender mercy of our our God, by which the rising sun will come to us from heaven, to shine on those living in darkness, and in the shadow of death, to guide our feet into the path of peace. So Zechariah, after spending nine months in silence of experiencing this wonderful gift and vision and, and interaction with a with an angel, the first words he says are proclaiming how God is bringing his salvation into the world. Right? And it's this very obvious connection from the Old Testament into what we call the New Testament. Right? That it's all of those things that the prophets before talked about how God would come and restore his people. That was happening. And see, Zechariah, that, that had always been seen as a more of a political statement. And Zechariah is starting to introduce something a little bit deeper here. He says the salvation is coming. God is restoring his people, and he's bringing them salvation by the forgiveness of their sins. That's not political. That's spiritual, right? And so he's starting this, this idea of God and of Christ is coming into the world and bringing salvation to everyone. But not just salvation, also bringing peace. I want to think about these last few verses. And honestly, I, I mean, I know I've read them before. They just jumped out. It says, By which the rising sun will come to us from heaven to shine on those living in darkness and in the shadow of death to guide our feet into the path of peace. What an amazing picture that is. That Christ is like the rising sun that destroys the shadows, right? That pushes back the darkness and that gives us peace. I was out, we've recently um, uh, purchased some land out right by Dan and Paula. And, uh, and, and uh, it's a, an area right now that is, um, hasn't been cleared off and there's all kinds of trees and uh, all kinds of little trees and cactus and, you know, just all that stuff. It's, it's, uh, 
it's, it's not a pleasant walk necessarily. You have to pay attention. And, uh, and I, we, were, we were out there, and, uh, and I was out there really early uh, one day, and, and actually the sun was starting to come up. And, uh, and so you start seeing, and, and of course I knew that you have to be careful, and I wasn't there in pitch black. But I started imagining what it would be like in, in pitch, pitch black. It would be a terrifying experience, right? You know, walking through there, you'd be walking and, and you know, you'd kind of be like this. And, and then all of a sudden, you would, you'd feel a branch and, and you'd, you'd have to dodge. And then, heaven forbid, you, what your feet are hitting, right? And all of a sudden, there'd be huge cactus and things like this. And in the dark, it would be so difficult. Now, you could do it. And that's the thing that's important to know is, is you could somehow make it through. But you're going to get a lot of scrapes and cuts and bumps and bruises. But whenever I was there as the sun was coming up, it was just, it was amazing to see. First, the shadows start to reveal themselves, but, but they actually start revealing what's around, right? And it, you still don't have a great picture of it, but now you can say, oh, you know what? I could actually navigate this. This has given me just enough light where I can make it through and I can make sure that I don't run into the cactus and I don't run into the mesquite. But then as the sun continued to get brighter and brighter, everything changes, right? And it was, it was beautiful. Things that would normally kind of re- repel us, right, or make us uh, a little squeamish became beautiful. There were uh, spider's webs that had been made over, uh, overnight in between all the different trees and in all the mesquite trees and things like that, and they were glistening with the dew, and it was, it was truly picturesque. Now, those spider webs, they were there when it was pitch black, and you would run into them and you would curse, right? Because you couldn't see them. But whenever the sun's coming up, it gives a whole new perspective on things, and you can walk around, and you nearly felt bad about destroying the spider's web, right? It's amazing what light and the dawn of a new day, how it changes our perspective. And there was nothing more peaceful than standing out on that land and looking at the sun coming up and just looking out over how the landscape was changing. And you just felt a sense of peace. And that's exactly what Zechariah is trying to describe of what Jesus is bringing into the world. That he is like the sun slowly rising, right? Starting to disperse the shadows, to push out the darkness, to show you how to make it through life, to weave your way through the cactus and the mesquite and the spider webs. Man, if you're looking for peace, which we all are, (laughs) peace is found in the manger. Peace is found in the one who entered into this world, who went to the cross, who overcame sin and death for us. That is where we find our peace. And you know, maybe maybe we need to be like Zechariah. Maybe we need to just be quiet for a while to find peace and just spend some time with God. Sometimes we try to make peace Right? Let's go and make peace. Let's make it happen. Well, guess what? You can try all you want, and you're never going to fully reach that. The only peace that is lasting and the peace that will, is life-changing is the peace that we experience 
from Jesus Christ. And that we do by spending time with him. Not by going and making things happen, but by allowing him to speak to us. So this Christmas season, make sure you take time, some time to be silent, to be quiet, and just allow the peace of God to rise up in you like the sun rising over the horizon. It'll change your life. Let's pray together. Dear God, we thank you for the light that you bring, the light that you have shined into this world that gives us a new perspective that allows us to navigate the spider webs and the cactus in our life. Lord, I pray that we will quieten our hearts before you and find your peace this Christmas season. In Jesus' name we ask it. Thank you for listening to Journey Elgin. Come check us out. We're located at 1221 North Avenue C, Elgin, Texas 78621. You can contact us at www.journeyelgin.org or call us at 512-661-8411. That's 512-661-8411. We hope to see you soon and may God bless you.